From Orlando, Florida and Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to the 1330 Podcast with your hosts, Keith Neighbor and Brent Bailey. Pulling from nearly half a century of experience, Brent and Keith share unique wisdom and proven insight to build the leader within you. Interact with us now on Facebook and Twitter at 1330podcast or email your questions and comments to 1330podcast at gmail.com. The 1330 Podcast starts right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you guys to the 1330 Podcast. My name's Keith Neighbor. I'm Brent Bailey. And we'd like to... uh, Thank you guys once again for taking time out of your busy schedules to... Hit the download button. That's right. Listening to what we've got to say. Uh, We're covering leadership issues kind of on all levels of life. Uh, Going through uh, church, business, family, ministry type things. And uh, last time we were together, we were talking about uh, people that we aren't necessarily the highest capacity leaders. We kind of coined the term no star as opposed to the all-star, our utility players, so to speak. And we were talking about the parable of the talents, where we end up with a lot of people. You know, everybody wants the five-talent guys because they're the high-capacity people, but two-thirds of your people, Brent, are going to be one- and two-talent people. And uh, we're going to need to develop those people. And one of the issues that we run into with the one-talent people is trying to convince them that they can do more than they think that they can do and that we give them the opportunity to use their talent and not just bury it. Because so many times we look at the person, the five-talent or the two-talent person with eyes of envy because they're better than we are. They seem to have everything together and they're more organized and they just have, really in our eyes, they just have it all together and they've got way more ability than we do. And we, we think that we could never accomplish what they accomplish. So as a result, we don't do anything. And our job as a leader, in my opinion, is to come in and find those one-talent people and get them to use what God has placed on the inside of them. And you know, you said it earlier, you said it in our last podcast, to look beyond what they are and who they can be. So if we can start looking at people like that, we're going to become developers of people, and that we're going to, we're going to move them from being the one-talent person to the two-talent person. And we're going to take those two-talent people and take them from two-talent to four-talent people. And as we start to do that, we're going to start to see our organization grow, Brent. It starts with, uh, it starts with a, something that was taught to us by a really good friend of ours, um, most likely is listening today, um, out in the Phoenix Sun, uh, our good friend, buddy Dave Vasquez, um, actually taught a lesson to our leaders at one of our retreats that we were doing. And he talked about this very story, but the one talent guy said to the master, um, I knew you to be a hard man. Yep. And so I got scared and buried my talent. And the the master looked at him, and, and, and here's the part that, that I really want to get to. He called him a wicked and lazy servant. Now, we automatically think wicked like a witch or something like that. But that word wicked actually means twisted. Yep. Where we get our word wiccan or, or wicca. Uh, wicker, sorry. I knew it was going to be there somewhere. Wicker as in furniture, which means twisted, you know, things twisted over yep. top of each other. Which, if you're going to deal with people that are non-star, here's the th- first thing you got to understand is they automatically are going to think a lot different than you. Yes. Most likely in the wrong direction. Yes. They uh, make big assumptions about you that are not true. Right. But they're going to look at the same job and what your level of success is and, and what, like, if I do this job, 
what comes out of that job, my idea of success looks like this. Theirs is going to look way different. So instead of uh, just jumping in and, and releasing them, you have to understand that those people think differently than you do, which means you're going to have to take some time to help change their thinking. To really help them think about things a little bit differently. I got a guy in my church right now, and uh, we have conversations all the time, and he'll finish he'll finish a thought out and say something to me, and I'm like, huh? What? And I, I wasn't even close to that. Right. And sometimes it's frustrating, and, and you kind of go, no, 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 I'm not there, I'm not there. But if you understand that you're really trying to progress people. You can't get mad for, for them being where they are right now because obviously that's why they're there. We were there at one point. We absolutely, in some areas we're still there. Yes. You know what I mean? I have other people that go to my church that are five, if not 50 talent people. You know what I mean? They're right. You know what? Sharp, really sharp. And when it comes to them talking to me about certain areas in my life, I have to just shut my mouth and listen. I, I'm at a place now where I, I know they know more than me. Yep. So I'm going to shut my mouth and listen to that. But when it comes to coaching people who are lower talent than you, you have to understand that too and, and give them a, a minute to learn and think differently. And that's not always something that's easy to do, to start thinking differently. It's a It's a difficult task. I've had the opportunity to be around some really successful business people recently. And I had a conversation with one. The guy's a multi, multi millionaire. And he made a statement about he started a bit. He started his first business when he was 19 years old. He moved out of the house. His dad told him that he was never going to amount to anything. He was never going to accomplish anything. And he went out and bought a bunch of equipment and started a company. And now he's, you know, on the verge of retiring as, as I said, just as a, you know, a multi, multi millionaire even though he's on the verge of retiring, he's he still is buying up businesses and doing things. And he bought a business recently and said, I did more in sales my first 60 days of having a company than this other guy had done in the previous year. He told me the company wasn't, you know, it, it had just topped out and he has, he was doing as much business as he could. There just wasn't enough business in this town in order to to, to make this business more successful. And he said... All I did was went out and looked for a little bit of business. He goes, I'm not even trying right now. And, and through the conversation of it, this guy thinks differently than I do. Yeah, He's a risk taker. And he's not afraid of failure. The thing that I have noticed about people that are highly successful, they're not scared of failing. And the thing that I've realized, those five talent people, so to speak, even two talent people, but one talent people have a great fear of failure. And the only way that they step out of that fear of failure is through giving them small baby steps to take where they are able to succeed and see success in their own life. And they actually require a lot more encouragement than the, than the five talent and two talent people do to actually go out and do something because they live in fear that when they make a mistake, we're going to beat them down. And if we, if we come in when they do make a mistake and we really put a beat down on them, then we've ruined them. And now they're just going to bury their talent 
from from that point on with us because their thought of us as being a as a hard person as a hard leader a demanding leader has just been fulfilled in their life that we can't be pleased yeah but that's not true we can be and we just have to allow we can't allow our frustration with the their pace to overtake us and and become frustration this is where the fruit of the spirit really has to come into play in our lives where we've got a love for them and we've got a joy in watching them you know walk that path and 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 go on that journey and and we've got that patience you know in order to allow them to grow into who they're going to become yeah and if we if we allow that to happen Man, we we could end up with some of the greatest people ever because our our leadership team, my leadership team, was made up of people that really grew into who they were. You know, it took some time with some of them to grow into it, but boy, once they got once they got their feet underneath them and they got some confidence, boy, you, there was really no stopping them. They went out and they were coming up with ideas and really great ideas, and they started out as one talent people. The other thing that one talent people will bring to the table is is they will now whether they believe the right thing or not, they will believe easier wholeheartedly in the group in the organization. They believe a whole lot more about what you're doing. Yeah. Than a five a five talent, they they may or may not need what you're doing. I mean they, they do need what you're doing, but they can kind of leave it or take it like, well, okay, if that's the way you know, it's going to be, I'll just, you know, go, I'll go somewhere right. else. Yeah. Right. Where a one talent person looks at what you're doing and they're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is great. I'm going to, you know, and you may be going, you really can't add to what we're doing. You know, on the surface, that may be the case, but you know what? You get enough folks like that to believe in what you're doing. That's a mighty moving force. Yeah. To coin an old song from the from the eighties. I mean when it, I mean and look at look at who Jesus picked to be the guys that took the gospel message to the rest of the world. One talent guys. Fishermen. Yep. Tax collectors. Normal average Joes who if you study anything about Jewish history, they all wanted to be priests when they were growing up or or, or and and they all were rejected. Yep. All guys that had to pick the secondary career for Jewish little boys. And here he comes and says, why don't you follow me? All of them were one talent guys. But he gave them purpose when he did that. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, you know, the old old saying that uh, um, when a priest would pick candidates, you know, because by the time Jewish, Jewish boys were five, they had to have you know, the Old Testament memorized, or at least the first five books of the Old Testament memorized. And then that testing went on throughout their whole life. And by the time they were 16 or 18, that's when they were picked to go and become, you know, follow a priest. And you understand priests, we're not talking about Catholic priests, we're talking about the Old Testament priests. And these guys would, the, the priest would come and say, okay, I want you to follow me. And basically, you're going to go to school. But instead of going to university, you're going to follow this priest around and you're going to do everything he does. He's going to basically teach you everything he knows. Well, that was called taking the yoke upon you. And that's why Jesus used that phrase to those guys. Yeah. Take my yoke upon me, upon you. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty awesome thing when you think about it because Jesus looked into the heart desire that those guys had. 
and spoke their language, right? He called them fishermen and used the word yoke. You yeah. Know, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Take my yoke upon you. He's speaking right to their situation where they are. And that, that would be the question that we want to ask you as leaders today is, how well do you really know your one talent people? I mean, are you familiar with their people, the, the, the world that they live in? Do you just want everybody to think like you and be like you? Or are you taking the time to learn something about those people's world in order to make room for an investment that you're wanting to make in them so that they can rise up and be what, what they're supposed to be. Well, and the, the people that you need for the most part are already in your midst. They're already in your church. You know, we're praying for all these other places and the things that we need. Well, they are there. We just have to develop them. We've got to bring those gifts out. When I first started in ministry as a volunteer, we had a kid that wanted to be a, the sound guy, and he was always back there messing around with sound stuff, and he wasn't good. He owns a huge company that puts sound systems in churches all over the nation right now. And it started out working with the youth group, doing sound, learning the ropes and being taught and making mistakes and messing things up. And through all of that, he developed, and he went from being a one-talent to a way beyond a five-talent individual. He's an expert in his field now. And it all started out, he was developed in the body of Christ in a local church. Well, listen, we're just about out of time. We'd love to sit and talk about this a little bit longer, but the 1330 has just about passed. Make sure you send us some emails. We want to hear from you. Answer some of your questions, 1330podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Brent Bailey. And I'm Keith Neighbor. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for the 1330 Podcast with Brent and Keith. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook and Twitter today at 1330podcast or email us directly at 1330podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for another 13 minutes and 30 seconds geared to change you into the leader that you and those who follow you want you to be.